And welcome to the Untold, Untold Hour. Hour. That may have been the most in sync. That might have been. I actually had somebody in my comments, and I can't remember if it was on Instagram or on uh, Twitter, but somebody was like, I really hope Bowser gets his head off of his ass and like syncs this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, you know that you're doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Also, well, no, I'm not necessarily being off on purpose, but I also, I, I know there will never be a perfect reading of mm-hmm. us saying the untold hour title. It'll happen once, maybe like at a live event, whenever those things occur again, and it'll yeah. blow our minds. What are or you wearing? You can just match it. So I bought yeah. these new pajamas for Chinese New Year because I was told that they would bring you, you're supposed to buy new pajamas because they bring you luck. And so this is what they were selling. At this, um, at this like New Year's shop, and it's like a teddy bear PJ set. Yeah, super super cozy. But I also wanted to match our new, my new buddy. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna put him on camera. Oh, our new, our new untold hour. Of that. <laughs> Look at this. So thing. you've got a. I mean, what is that? A Frenchie? It's a little Frenchie. We uh, what is, Jessica Chobot just held up a tiny French bulldog puppy, and uh, and is currently kissing its face. Who 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 is this? This is Margot Polo. Margot Polo. Margot Polo. What's that mashup mean? Um, I wanted her to be called Margot because her coloring, like she's falling asleep like this. Her coloring yeah. and her coat and everything reminds me of. Margot from um, Tenenbaums. Tenenbaums. Yeah, and I just dig and I just dig her. It's uh, it's like the only. It, I just like I like that character a lot. Mm-hmm. I identify with that character a lot, and it's probably the only piece of work I've ever seen. Um, what's her face in that I've enjoyed? Yeah, totally. She's great uh, in that. Paltrow, like that's her best work in my opinion. Anyway, so we were calling her Margot, and we wanted to come up with like a middle name, and I was like calling her to come eat and i was like margo margo and uh my little one my my son was mm-hmm. like let's call her margo polo so i was like okay cool <laughs> i love the way a kid like puts together things it's like that yeah. they're really good at puns what mm-hmm. made you decide to get a new pet during this pandemic was that part of it was it like we need kind of something new no break it's the routine no it's a combination of like all of a bunch of different things the main one being I guess you could say it does have to do with the quarantine in the sense that because we've been locked in the house, my son has had a real hard time being home. Yeah. And then, and part of the problem is, you know, he has nothing to occupy himself during the day, during the week, because yeah. Blair and I are still working. Like Blair's working out of the office, the home office all day long. And I'm trying to keep some sort of career going until the world opens back up. So I'm, you know, doing uploads and this, that, and the other thing. Plus I'm like constantly cleaning because everybody's using everything. So when I'm not in front of the computer trying to edit or upload or come up with something or social media, something I'm like doing laundry or I'm vacuuming the floors or I'm, you know, it's like constant, yep. like 
like, and I also have to teach first grade, which I we've talked about numerous times on here. Yeah, I'm bitter about it. So there's not a lot of things for him to do because he's an only kid, and so it's really been he's been struggling with it. We got him those guinea pigs to try and give <laughs> him something that was his, you know, because the other dog, our dog Breeze, is Blair's dog. And Gordon is kind of the family cat, but he only hangs around the adults, really. There's no, there's nothing really that is my son's to cuddle with. And so right. we got him those guinea pigs for his birthday, and we still have them. We're taking good care of them. They're huge now, but they're not cuddly. You know, like they're way too young. They didn't, they yeah. weren't handled enough. And they're, they're getting better with me because I'm the one that feeds them and cleans them. But they're not, like, there's not... There's no snuggling up, you know, really. And so he was really upset because he's like, you know, he doesn't get that. Like his, he's like, why don't they like me? And totally. so then I was like, so we finally convinced, we finally like he, yeah, we just finally were like, let's just pull the trigger on a puppy. Yeah. And I've always wanted a French bulldog and we were looking at a couple different kind of small breed types. And, uh, but, um, yeah, for some reason we just lucked out with, with this one. Was there anything else, any other breeds on the table or was it a Frenchie all the way? No, we were thinking Yorkie and we were thinking Pomeranian, mm -hmm. but, um, and I, and I would have loved, uh, I really wanted a Pomeranian. I kind of so, so with a Yorkie, I've had Yorkies in the past and they're lovely, but they're, I just, you know, I've had, a, I've had them in the past and yeah. felt like I did that, you know, hung with that breed. Um, so I was like, oh, I've, you know, I've never had a Pomeranian and because a B-Comp's dog is of course. so sweet, I was like, oh, she would be a good snuggle buddy. And then, um, and, and, uh, and my son has hung out with that dog before and loves it. So he was really into that. And then we ended up, I don't know, like we just, he like once, once we got to the French the Frenchies, he he was all in. Lit so, up. Yeah. I, my my one of my best friends has a Frenchie named Chub Chub who habitually masturbates. Oh, great! Yeah. Yep. So well, how does how does a dog do that? I mean, just rubs its. It on just the floor? sits up on his back, like leans up against a chair, and then just starts stroking his penis. I mean, it it, it is as straightforward as that. It he just. And he'll look around the room while he's doing it. He'll look at you while he's doing it. It's it's really disconcerting. And the That's fact that his weird. name is Chub Chub. It's <laughs> well, crazy. You know. And they named him that before knowing he was a habitual masturbator. Screw into the name. He did. Grew I know it was prophetic. Something. Yeah. Well, they say what? You like, yeah, you uh they, yeah, you, they subconsciously name themselves. So Margot will probably be some sort of saucy, entitled disaffected yeah she's gonna she really just wants somebody to love her she's gonna start a uh like a self-help website like goop mm -hmm. for dogs yeah 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 can't wait can't wait but anyway she's our new untold our uh mascot mascot mm -hmm. so love it the untold dance should be like dun, dun, dun. yeah the untold dance. <laughs> does she do any asmr Oh, they're bound to. They're such like snorters. She's just so sleepy. She is. Oh my gosh. That puppy looks zonked. <laughs> she just loves, that's the thing. She just loves to cuddle. She just loves to cuddle. Yeah. Like that's she great. She wants to snuggle so bad. It's good. It's a good yep. trait to have. It's a good one. It's working out. Mm hmm. So do you want to talk about death? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about death. <laughs> you want to shift over into some death? 
Yeah, from puppies to death. Puppies to death. Death puppy. Oh my god. There's the uh, next there's one. another great metal god. band name. Death puppy. Death puppy. Just, <laughs> hashtag death puppy. We are. <laughs> Death puppy. Uh, actually, Wait. I'm going. Uh, did I? Did I? Oh, I didn't look at the poll. I think out of oh, our. Oh yeah, poll, you had a poll going. People wanted. Um, people wanted demon scene okay. as a uh, as a t-shirt. Uh-huh. I personally still want all of them, but mm-hmm. specifically, you had me at the crow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that. That's my t-shirt. I don't. Did know you? Gonna... Did you see my? I mean, I was yes, banned I from TikTok, but did you see my crow? Yes, I did. I, I, I know it sounds egotistical, but I don't feel like it is to make myself laugh because I look at Onyx as a separate person, but I'll rewatch that Crow video of his like 30 times in a row. I don't know why it makes me laugh so hard. It's a I think good it's, one. It's good, but it's also like, I you're really- that guy. I know that yeah. guy. And I, I really do. high school with that dude. For sure. And I think the thing that cracks me up is like, I really do love the crow though. So masking it in a character and being like, oh, well, Onyx is obsessed with the crow. The truth is I fucking love the crow and it holds up. It holds up and it was easy. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing comic. The live action movie was a pretty outstanding comic to movie adaptation. And the soundtrack was like the soundtrack of the 90s. And and the weird thing is, and I know we talked about this show last week, but if I if I remember correctly, I hadn't gotten to these episodes, but I finished that series on Shudder, Cursed Films, and the I, last yeah, two episodes. Yeah, and I want to sign up for that real bad. You should. The last two episodes that I watched were the Crow and the Twilight Zone movie, mm-hmm. and the Crow episode I think was probably the best episode as far as how in depth it was and who they spoke with, and. I feel like I finally understand the accident that occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, there have been so many misrepresentations of what happened. So which one is it? Because I've always heard uh, the one that I didn't believe was that people that were after his father because of oh, stuff, sure. like sharing his his techniques wanted to get the, at them the, as the a mafia yeah the chinese mafia i think is what people which said. i didn't yeah. believe but the one that i also was that like a um the one that i do believe is that uh that that one of the test guns like one of the guns that was on set which was made to be a fake gun somehow the fake cap popped out of the gun weird and hit and like hit him in the chest and that he actually got hit by a fake cap yeah, not necessarily a fake cap because I think what was interesting about it is they really dig into what makes a bullet. I guess a this should be a spoiler warning, huh? Spoiler warning. I mean, I, I think that most people know this. Well, spoiler in what sense? That if you don't know Brandon Lee died, or you, no, or you don't know how. No, spoiler warning is if you didn't know what the actual truth yeah, what is the done. true cause was. Yeah, yeah, because it has been really muddy, but it, it there, uh, this gun fires blanks. And it fires, um, I wouldn't use the term real bullet, but basically a bullet, there is a term for it and I'm fucking blanking, no pun intended. But there, 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 there are blanks that just simply make yeah. a sound and maybe even give you a little bit of like smoke and muzzle flash. But then there are, for the lack of a better term, prop bullets that will impact, that, oh. are, ju- that are made for like shooting out a window or shooting into wood. You know, if, if you ever see in a movie when there's like, 
it's holes. like a high velocity paintball. Like the CO2s. Yeah, but they are like still really way up and it could punch. They are the- still shells just without the gunpowder. Oh, okay. But they're still hear. yeah, they're still like, oh, if you fire this at a human, it'll kill them. It could kill them. But it isn't oh, like okay. yeah. So but so what had happened was um they had been using those types of bullets in previous shots. And one had the, uh, again, I'm explaining this not how an, an armorer would, but uh, the, the tip was no longer there, but like the back piece of this had gotten lodged in the shaft. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and they didn't know it, then they went and used that same gun for blanks, but a blank is still going to exert Push a certain through. amount of pressure through that shaft. So, ah. so it pushed the back cap of this prop bullet through and was enough to pierce his chest. And the terrifying thing is that, and this is why I think it's the best episode of this of this series, not web series, but of series, is that I had never heard that there was pressure from the studio to trim the budget down while in production. And supposedly some of the uh, more experienced department heads were sent home and less experienced prop masters and armors were kept on. So one of the men that's inter- man that's interviewed in the show uh, was, uh, I believe he was a makeup artist on it. Uh-huh. And he had heard that they had really like cut corners when it came to uh, the weapons department. Ooh. And they hadn't done the proper testing. I mean, that should have been tested with blanks. They should have been. They should have looked down the barrel, and and if they had, they would have seen that it wasn't clear. Because if you open up the, you know, fucking what do you call so, them, like a six shooter. So could, who was the person that handled it last before handing it over? Yeah, to I mean, because that person are they still working? Like what? Well, that's what them? I see. That's what I don't understand because in the Twilight Zone episode which is a horrible tragedy. They they do delve into who was responsible. You know, do you think it was John Landis? Do you think it was producers? Yada, yada, yada. But with this one, with the Crow one, they really don't, and I don't know if it's just that the filmmakers didn't do the due diligence or that they couldn't get a clear answer. They don't really give you an answer as to who was the last person to handle that gun? Who was it in that department that should have checked it? Mm-hmm. Um, they do talk about the actor that fired the gun and how it, I mean, destroyed this man Fucked him up. on an emotional level that lasted until he passed away recently, I think from, of natural causes. But it, it, one thing that I thought was, was, was really cool was, um, how much people that worked on that film really felt like Brandon Lee was, was going to be a star Okay, he and totally was. He really. You don't have I mean, to watch that movie. You can. Tell. I know he had such swagger and such presence, and because of his upbringing, had such a command over his body, and and then just had real charm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's a weird thing to compare him to, but like I'm watching this and I'm thinking he was like Swayze in his charm, which you know will date me a little bit, but he really did have like a a smoothness to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, he was so good in that part. But, um, but so then the makeup artist talks about how he was the one that then had to create the prosthetic of a Brandon Lee face so that a stunt man could perform the remaining shots. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't think it's been a long time since I watched it, but I can't, I couldn't, I don't remember being able to tell. 
No, because I think I, mean, the, I had spots where I suspected, yeah, because they hid the face, but I didn't. I didn't. Nothing was obvious to me as far as oh well, that's where the cut was. Right, because I think the 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 filmmaker, the director Alex Proyas, who also did Dark City, huh, was Love Dark City. I know, dude. Oh God, that kickstarted he, that whole thing. Oh, Dark totally. City started all the Matrix, all the all sci-fi, of all of it. Without Everything a doubt, is owed to Dark City. Totally. Um, he was really clever in how he shot the sequences that would then involve a stuntman. He basically stylized the sequences to feel a little enigmatic and drifty and dreamlike. So he didn't cover it in a way where now all of a sudden there's a guy who's not looking at camera. It did force them to get clever with their coverage of those mm -hmm. scenes, but he made it feel very natural to the style. The one thing that I learned from this that I did not know was one character they had to cut entirely which was a huge character in the comic because it was basically the grim reaper or the character that kind of gives him his superpowers is this like skeleton cowboy mm -hmm. uh, from the afterlife that basically gives him the powers of the crow and i didn't know they had shot when i was a teenager and i saw it no i wasn't even a teenager i think i was like 10 or 11 when i saw it in theaters in vancouver because i was there for a play uh I was like, where's the skeleton cowboy? I didn't understand why it wasn't in the film. It yeah. was because they still had so much to shoot and it, it needed Brandon because it was the emotional interaction yeah. of, I will accept this gift and I will become this, this you know, super-powered creature. But they, but they called up the actor, Michael Berryman, who is famous for being in The Hills Have Eyes, and they said, you know, we lost Brandon. And then they said, and furthermore, we're having to cut your character. We can't shoot around it. We can't make it make sense. We're just gonna have to completely ditch the sequence. That sucks. Yeah, really whole, interesting. I mean, the whole thing sucks. I remember hearing the news and being completely bummed. And there were a lot of other things happening leading up to the Brandon Lee incident. I mean, an electrician on the film got electrocuted. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of other things going I didn't wrong. Know that. Yeah, and um, unless I'm confusing it with The Omen, but no, I think it was The Crow. Um, there were a lot of other things going wrong. Also, there was weird foreshadowing. I didn't know this, but I guess Bruce Lee was in a film where he played uh, uh, an actor within a film that was killed by a stunt gone wrong. Oh. Yeah, so there was a lot of, I think that's why these conspiracy theories kind of trend because, or populate, because there were a lot of things that you could connect. You could say, oh my God, how was his father in a movie that foreshadowed this? And was the Chinese mafia after him because of what he, his skills and what he knew? But, you know, ultimately it was just a tragic accident. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm still going to watch it. I mean, Yeah, no, you should. Yeah. I don't think you should watch the Twilight Zone episode. No, I'm going to yeah. skip that one due yeah. to kids. But maybe mm -hmm. you can tell me about that one because I'll, you know. I will. It's you'll know rough, what though. to avoid. You'll know how to, you'll know how to, serve it up yes <laughs> yeah it's rough yeah i wouldn't watch the whole episode all right well shifting gears i have no transition for that none needed uh but shifting gears into weird of the week yeah i'm just going to keep that train going i was like trying to come up with creative ways like things you may have missed or rebrand everything and honestly f it i'm keeping all our shit i don't care yeah weird of the week guys so i've come up for this week's Weird of the Week, I've come up with all of these different titles. So I'm very proud of some of them. Okay. This first one, not so much. It's pretty basic. It was I, I was warming up. 
creeping on Twitter because, you know. Sure. If you're on Twitter, and of course you are, because who hasn't? Because we have nothing else to do. Uh, check out the hashtag curator battle that the Yorkshire or Yorkshire, Yorkshire pudding, but Yorkshire town. I don't know how it works. Museum. The Yorkshire yeah, I'd say Museum. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Curator battle. Curator battle. So okay. basically it's this museum that had a bunch of creepy shit in their uh, archives. And so they were taking pictures of it and posting it and asking other museums to um, add to the thread to <laughs> see who would like win this creep out fest. So needless to say, it's an amazing thread to check out. Wow, it really is. Search the hashtag curator battle. Uh, it's a list of the creepiest, weirdest things that can be found at various museums. Personally, my favorite is the Norwich Castle Post, which was a pincushion in the shape of a bunch of children's heads in a bean pod. Yes, I just saw that one. Mm-hmm. I scrolled past that as you described it. There yeah. are so many terrifying items. There's yeah. one. Have you seen the drinking bear? No, I haven't seen the drinking bear it's yet. This weird stuffed bear. And it says, uh, feed it a two-pence, and it'll pretend to drink from its cup as it stares into your soul. Oh, yeah! What a great... I didn't know there was such a museum scene, but all these museums are, like, responding to each other. Museums collect tons of weird crap. We were just talking about that on the last episode with Manly P. Hall having all of his weird collectibles. All that stuff. Yeah, this... this God only knows what's up there. This drinking bear is from Penshurst Place. Man, these names are great, too. I know. I'm really excited. All right, so my next one... I'm really proud of Zoom. We knew it. <laughs> Zoom. We may not get the balls, but we might get an ass. Okay. Based on our Zoom conversation from the previous episode, where we said, "Oh, we really hope we have chat roulette style balls." Yeah, or any style balls. Yeah. Zoom uh, message: uh, A North Carolina farm by the name of Peace and Peas is renting out a donkey by the name of Mambo and his friends, which I think include two horses and a couple ducks. Uh, to folks who want them to crash and spice up a boring Zoom conference or business meeting, you can reserve 10 what? minutes with the animals for 50 bucks and they'll crash your I Zoom mean, call. Honestly, I should do that for work. That would be great. I just pay a donkey great. to show up. A friend of mine said that, you know how you can change your name on Zoom? Yeah. Well, I think they had the should previous- I to like- uh, Pinkle stink or something? Yeah, you can definitely change it to pinkle stink. I can change mine to just be Bowser, you know? Yeah, um, I guess I can just change mine to Chobot. It would be boring. A f- friend of mine, I think, was in a D&D game over Zoom. So their name was like Julius Rufflefeather Third or whatever. <laughs> but then the next day, they went into Zoom for their work meeting. <laughs> and everyone was like, anyways, how you re- hey, what? Julius Rufflefeather Third?" And he was like, oh, I, it was from before. And everybody was crying. Oh, or do you think that he did that on purpose because he wanted everybody to know that he played He knows D&D. that he's poor. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of like Dungeon Master brags on Instagram lately since everybody's at home. So I'm You're like- so right. I've been seeing that too. It doesn't have to slow down. You know, it's perfect for social distancing mm-hmm. to do that over Zoom. Yeah, I mean, it's why it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You look insane right now laughing with that puppy while dressed pretty much identical to it. It, Yeah, it looks like... I know you say you're doing fine, but it looks like you've gone full quarantine. No, I've gone fully insane. I've actually gone fully insane. Like, yeah, I fucking hate it now. Like, I'm going crazy. Yeah. 
Well, I'm taking all the cute ones with me. She's all taking right. all the cute puppies with her. Hold on, all the cute puppies with me. All right, my next one. No nudes in Tanny Town. I don't know why I think Wait, that's funny. Tanny Town? Yes. Maryland? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> why? I mean, that I have family there. Oh, shit. Well, maybe you should ask them if and they've been going outside without pants on. And it's Tawny Town. That's what's so insane. Tawny Town. Yeah, right, it's Tawny Town. Okay. No nudes in Tawny Town. I can't Maryland. believe we have Tawny Town news uh-huh. on the Untold Hour. This is crazy. I've got to yeah. tell my sister. I didn't sister. know you had family there. Oh, yeah. Well, dude. Tawny Town's where it's at. The Tawny Town police have left a very passive-aggressive tweet directed at someone, and that's air quotes, who has been Donald ducking it in the morning out to their Whoa. mailbox. And their tweet was, please remember to put pants on before leaving the house to check your mailbox. You know who you are. This is your final warning. Oh my gosh. The problem is apparently a lot of people have been doing it and feeling the guilt after they tweeted this because they're like offering themselves up and saying, you, uh, uh, one time. You know the real reaction, the real baller, no pun intended, reaction to this is mm-hmm. for everybody to fucking um, uh, Spartacus it and yeah. be like, I am Spartacus. You know what I mean? <laughs> I everybody blessed. go out. Everybody yep. Donald Duck it so that there's no, there's no criminal. Yeah. They all be criminals. Yeah. Right? Spartacus. That's what I'm thinking of. I think so, yeah. When they all stand up and say that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Film buff over here, and I don't even fucking know. Yes, Aristotle, Aristotle says, yes. says yes. Yes. Yeah, everybody in Tawny Town, I'm saying it right now, everybody in Tawny Town should Donald Duck it so that the, the police department can't handle the nudity. <laughs> well, some people have offered themselves up. One guy posted, one time, why y'all got to be like that? And another woman said, I'll tell my husband, so sorry you had to see that. And then other family members, oh, this one mom ratted out her 10-year-old. She's like, my son what? ran out in his boxers earlier to grab a package off the steps of our front porch and came running back in. He said the neighbors saw him. I'm going to show him this and tell him it was about him. He's 10. <laughs> kids oh being God. naked, like that's like, I mean, any friend who, of mine who has kids and I go over to their house, there's mm-hmm. naked kids running around. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point to being a kid is you can yeah. run around and not have shame. Yeah, kids first, don't know what's for up. the first and only time in your life you exactly. can be outside shameless. Yeah, yeah, they don't know the difference. Donald Duck in it, Porky Pig in it, that, that's just how they live. Well, that's it for my Weird of the Week stuff. That's great. I yeah. can't believe Tawny Town made it in. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was, you know, I think we should, I'm going to bring them back. You know, they're just nice little quips, nice little news breaks to yeah. start us off into the bigger picture. You could always call them queepy quips if you wanted a name oh, other God than God damn it. Weird All right. Week. Weird of the week is out. Well, we- quips doesn't quite make sense. Creepy quips. I'm saying queepy. Queepy quips. Queepy? How do you spell queepy? Q-U-E-E-P-Y. Queepy quips. Queepy quips. All right. Yep. Or queepy quibbies, because I guess that means quick. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much. Don't overshoot it. Yeah, queepy quips. Oh, your queepy quips. Mm -hmm. With the death puppy. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, Tawny Town, my bad, uh, made it in the news today because everybody's uh, letting it hang. Yeah. I told my sister that we just talked about it, and she said, ha ha, I love how much play it's getting. 
So it must have been news that she was aware Somebody's of. Somebody's getting some pull. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Somebody is. Somebody is. But I mean, I don't know where you found the link, but uh, I found I it in I believe I found it in HuffPo. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's Most great. of these, I think, came from HuffPo today because I was on a, in a rush. Yeah. HuffPo, um, normally I find their stuff to be a little bit meh, but this yeah. week for some reason has really uh, kicked it up a notch. And it's been helpful because usually I get a fair amount of creepy stuff news-wise coming through the Twitter uh, searches, but lately they have not been popping up due to all of the news being about COVID. So um, I know it was helpful to find everything in one spot. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm going to launch into the main, the main meal here, if you are. Main meal, sure. It Which, um, not to keep bringing up pandemic, because god damn it, but uh, I, last week, needed to get out of the house. I think we might have talked about it a little bit, where I was just like going berserk. Um, the rain yeah. out here was getting to me, and I was just over everything. And so I decided to go do a... Raymond Chandler car tour for myself and my YouTube channel. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. To um, kind of just see the sights and get out of the house, but I would stayed in the car. And uh, so that was really cool because I had this map that lists all of the places in a lot of that, all of the major places in um, his, uh, in his novels. Yeah. And one of the places that came up was um, a place that was based on Greystone Manor. And Greystone Manor actually used to be the Doheny Mansion. And aside from being a part of this cool Raymond Chandler world, mm -hmm. uh, an inspiration for it in and, and various movies, because it's been in every movie TV show ever made, practically. Um, it has its own creepy background with a murder-suicide. Oh, yikes. Have you, and it's supposedly haunted. Although I actually had a hard time finding anything online about people talking about it ha being haunted. So I'm wondering if they've tried to squash that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I will say um, I'm surprised sometimes. I mean, and this is an entirely separate topic, so we don't have to get into it. But I was trying to do research on something this week. And I'm surprised sometimes at how hard it is to get. Like the internet doesn't have record of everything. And a lot yeah, of times you with, just need to know how to search for it. I don't know, man. I, it's hard for like things like that, that are hauntings or bad, bad tragedies that people have wanted to squash for one reason or the other. Sometimes it's difficult to get to the bottom what of it. Weird tragedy. Were you trying to find? Well, I was doing a bunch of Waco research cause I oh. watched that series and the stuff that I was reading, I, it's still so incredibly, uh, there, yeah, every, everybody's got a different story from that. Yeah, yeah. I can well, that's kind of later, but yeah, that's kind of what happened here. Somewhat, I I don't think it has to do with the internet per se. Yeah. So much as the date when this happened and the family that it happened to, because sure. back then they were able to squash it. Obviously, in 1928, the internet didn't exist, and so. You know, you do have news articles that can be researched if you want to go and in, deep dive into some archives and stuff. But again, it's like, you know, the, this was the Doheny family, which was yeah. this rich oil family that lived and pretty much helped run L.A. And uh, and if they wanted the news squashed, it got yeah, squashed. Totally. So 
kind of leading into that. So yes, Greystone Man Manor, as it is currently known, used to be known as the Doheny Mansion, although people still refer to it as the Doheny Mansion. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about the house. It's a Tudor revi revival style mansion in Beverly Hills, built in 1928 by architect Gordon Kaufman, who's famous for his work on the Hoover Dam. Imagine having just like the guy that built the Hoover Dam come and build your yeah. house. So he did that. Uh, it was a gift from oil tycoon Edward L. Doheny for his son, Edward Ned Doheny Jr. and his family. And he had a wife and five kids. Uh, the city of Beverly Hills bought the estate back in 1965 and the property was turned into a city park in 1971 and still is. And the mansion was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1976 as Doheny Mansion slash Greystone. I don't know why they changed it to Greystone, other than yeah. the fact that the stone used to make the mansion is gray. Is gray. Uh, but, I mean, you know. Uh, the house is often used in film and television, and its grand staircase is considered one of the most famous in Hollywood. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about Edward L. Doheny, who is the, uh, the father that gifted this house. So in 1892, Doheny Sr., who I'm just going to call them Sr. and Jr., uh, was the first person to drill a successful oil well within the Los Angeles City oil field, which I believe are the same pumps that you can find over by either Sepulveda, Sepulveda Boulevard on the way to the airport. You know, if you take the back road, yeah, there's all those oil pumps. Yeah, I think that is part of it, as well as possibly over by where, um, uh, over by where on Wilshire, where the uh, tar pits, La Brea tar pits are. Oh, right. Right. Um, so anyway, him being able to tap into this oil basically caused there to be a petroleum boom all in the surrounding area. And then in 1902, he sold his oil properties off and made himself like a huge fortune and then used some of that to continue to invest in oil throughout Mexico and South America. So he had a couple places in Venezuela, he had a couple places in Mexico and a couple of other areas. Then in the 1920s, he was accused of offering a bribe of $100,000 in the 20s to just give you an idea of how much money that is. Yeah. To the U.S. Secretary of the Interior, Albert Fall, who then became the first U.S. cabinet member to go to prison because he was the Fall guy. Oh, I uh, actually wrote that in my notes. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> in, this thing, in, this, in this scandal called the Teapot Dome Scandal, which was considered the biggest scandal in the U.S. up until Watergate. So it was like a big deal. And right. Doheny was a barely scraped by not going to prison. He somehow managed to get out of it. But, um, but Albert Fall did not. And he ended up going to prison. And I believe it kind of basically destroyed the presidency at that point. Um, everybody, everybody got in trouble. And then hit Edward Doheny himself, senior, is the main character of Upton Sinclair's oil. It's like loosely based on right. him. And then is oil like, is the is what was the inspiration behind the movie There Will Be Blood. Yeah, totally. So that guy in There Will Be Blood, the guy that's played by um why am I blanking? Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis is supposed to be Upton Sinclair. No, it's supposed to be Edward Doheny. I'm sorry, Edward yeah, Doheny. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Upton Sinclair was the author. My totally. bad. All right, so here's the murder-suicide breakdown. In 1929, four months after moving into the mansion with his family and their kids, uh, his wife and his kids, 
Ned Dohaney, who was 35 years old, was found dead, shot through the head in a guest bedroom in an apparent murder-suicide by his secretary and his and his friend, who like like a family friend from when they were kids, Hugh Plunkett, uh, who was also found nearby, also dead from a gunshot wound to the head. Huh. So the official story is that Plunkett murdered Dohaney due to a nervous disorder or was furious over having not received a raise. Right. That's, but that's as far as it, like, I, uh, that's it. Right. That's all I like, like, yeah, he came in and shot him and himself because he was mad about not getting a raise, which is real, the real light touch on the info there. Yeah. Some rumors uh, that cropped up because again, it was weird. Like, it made big news all at once, obviously, because the most famous, most wealthy family in the area, his only surviving son with this big family, just got yeah. a murder-suicide in the mansion. Like, it was big, big, big news, and then it got squashed almost mm-hmm. immediately. Like, it just died on the vine. So, of course, rumors began to sprout up all over the place, one of them being that the pair were lovers, and the murder-suicide was actually committed for fear of discovery due to the fact that both of them were set to um, testify at a teapot, teapot dome trial that was coming up. Gotcha. And Say that um, three times that, fast. Yeah, right? Teapot. Now I can do it just fine. Teapot dome trial. Yeah. But, um, but I guess, you know, it, it was it – was talked about that Hugh was nervous about that and then also had a nervous disorder in and of itself, like an anxiety disorder, I guess you could call it. And that the two of those things combined along with everything else is kind of what yeah. broke him. Um, or the flip side of that is that Lucy Dohaney, uh, Dohaney Jr.'s wife, caught them together and killed them both. Right. Which is uh, interesting in the fact that... According to a February 18th, 1929 article in the LA Times, Leslie White, a forensic investigator involved in the case, questioned whether it was possible for Plunkett to have even fired the gun because Dohaney's head wound was inflicted at close range and Plunkett's was not. This is weird because there are parallels between this and exactly what I was trying to figure out about Waco, which is how did David Koresh actually die? Really? And there's stuff about... Was he shot? Did he shoot himself? Did the man that shot him shoot himself? It's yeah. yeah. Like who, that's the part, like, I think in, in this, in regards to the LA times article and like, if it has any ties to Lucy being involved in their deaths, Lucy Dohaney, I guess it's the fact like, yeah, who shot who? Yeah. And in what order? Right. I mean, I guess I don't understand why, if nobody knows why they can't, I, they Dohaney couldn't have shot him. Well, they do actually bring that up. There is a possibility that other people have mentioned that Dohaney may have shot himself um, because others have noted that Ned Dohaney's gun, so Dohaney Jr.'s gun was the murder weapon and that Ned is not buried in a Catholic cemetery with the rest of the family Mm. or any Catholic cemetery for that matter, which is super odd because the family was very religious And would make grand donations to a lot of um, Catholic schools, churches in general, uh, you know, within the Catholic faith. And uh, were really like 
really involved in in the uh, Catholic scene, Catholic scene. Yeah, sure. The, um, yeah, yeah, the Catholic scene. Yeah. In the Catholic scene, and uh, and so to not have Ned specifically interred by them in the in the same family plot, a lot of people say that that's an indication that he committed suicide, and. And maybe, you know, but then they don't go any further with it as to why then Plunkett would have killed himself. Yeah. Unless they just kind of still fall back on the lover's rumor, like found him or maybe, you know, Doheny was, he knew something like he knew Doheny was going to kill himself and then tried yeah. to stop it and couldn't. And then like, I don't know, who knows? I mean, it's like, it's so vague and it's all, all over the place. And I also have a really hard time with, everybody defaulting to uh, kind of the murder-suicide lovers thing. Right, yeah. Just seems the, a little on the nose. Yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Or, the, I mean, it's, it's just so, because like all of these, like the Teapot Drum trial itself could be stressful enough. I mean, they're testifying against their own father, I guess. Yeah. Or against themselves, maybe, because, you know, maybe they're involved in some way, shape, or form. You know, who knows? Maybe that was enough stress. I, I don't know. I mean, those those rumors and those theories and conspiracy theories make a lot more sense to me than just, hey, he had a nervous disorder, so he randomly decided to shoot his best friend since they were kids. Totally. Um, so, yeah, so some suspect that Ned Doheny Jr. was actually uh, actually committed, the one that committed suicide, and that's why he's not buried next to the family. Um, Atlas Obscura comes out and mentions the tampering, which is very interesting. And this is a quote from them. Exact events of the night or a clear motive were never determined. Forensic evidence painted an even more complicated picture of the evening, including Plunkett having been shot from behind at a short distance while smoking a cigarette. Several hours of family members tampering with the bodies before the police were even called to the scene. Hmm. Because Lucy, uh, did not call the police when she discovered the bodies. In fact, so this is her breakdown. I'm kind of jumping all over my notes here, but here's her breakdown of the events of February 16th, 1929. And this was actually at the archives of the USC libraries. His wife, Lucy, claims that Plunkett, the secretary, let himself in with his key and she didn't notice anything until she heard a gunshot coming from the East Wing. Lucy opted not to call the police, but instead the family doctor to investigate with her immediately. Mm. So she had to wait for the family doctor to show up. So who knows how long that took. Right. Uh, upon arriving, Lucy and the doctor found a distressed Plunkett outside the guest bedroom where he had shot Ned. Plunkett then hurried back into the bedroom and proceeded to fire another gunshot, this time at himself, and both men's bodies were discovered next to each other. Gotcha. So, like, why would you call? Like, what? Yeah. I mean, that just immediately smacks of cover up. Yeah, which totally. Also leans into well, maybe Lucy's the one that shot them. Yeah. Or maybe she walked and saw what happened, whatever it is that happened, and then decided, well, we're not going to call the police. We'll call the doctor instead, and then everything else additionally fell apart. Who knows? You know, like, who knows? Um. So yeah. Uh. Let's see. Da -da 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 -da. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. yes and then lastly some historians strongly suspect that the murder suicide due to the fact that Plunkett was due to testify against Doheny Sr. during the Teapot Dome trials and was afraid of 
not only just that in and of itself, but you know, personal things coming out if possible. Cover-ups galore seem to surround the incident and the investigations. LA newspapers at the time start off with a flurry of coverage and then go completely silent shortly thereafter. Buron Fitz, the district attorney at the time, who just got placed in the district attorney uh, job position, position, promised a full investigation, but it never really materialized. Hmm. And then both Plunkett and Doheny are buried within Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale, California, within a few yards of each other. I feel like so many of the stories we talk about on the podcast end with, and they're buried at Forest Lawn Cemetery. Dude, no joke. I was actually just thinking that when I was typing these notes up, and yeah. I was like, I need to go to Forest Lawn Cemetery. Yeah. Forest, is Forest Lawn Cemetery sounds awesome. Is Forest Lawn where they do the like cinema, the movie screenings? No, that's the Hollywood Cemetery. Oh, Hollywood that's Hollywood Forever. Forever. You're right. Is where they do the Hollywood movie screenings. Forest Lawn is the one here by us, which kind of runs the gamut right. of, uh, of um, Glendale, to Griffith Burbank. Park, and mm-hmm. then like it's big enough that it kind of moves itself over into glass. It's huge. It's totally, huge. it is huge. Yeah. I mean, they own like an entire couple mountains worth of land. Yeah. Wow. When you think about it. And um, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, Forest Lawn in and of itself. So a couple of Forest Lawn stories. Uh, for my 30... When did Pokemon Go come out? The, the game? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Three years ago? Two? No, longer than that, right? Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can fact check it real quick. Pokemon Go release was 2016. Wow. All right. So let's see. How old would I have been if I'm 40? How old am I now? 42 now. Right? Yeah. Am I 42? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to do this math. Do this math for me. Well, 42 minus 4? 38? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do that math. (laughs) Um, there was too many numbers involved. Sure. So yeah. So for my 38th birthday, I went, I had Ashley take me to the Forest Lawn Cemetery. Oh, really? So that I could capture, I, we could play Pokemon Go because we had heard a rumor that you could capture ghost Pokemon in the cemeteries because it was all running off of Google Maps. Could they really do that? I don't see why not. Wouldn't that be encouraging people to? Well, yes, but this and so that started happening. People started going. You remember? People started going crazy. One yeah, guy actually did. found a real dead body because he went into some weird swampy area of Pokemon Go and stumbled right. upon somebody. So they started pulling back on all that stuff. Um, and I don't think the rumor ended up being true anyway. I will say this, man. And this is an odd statement to make, but. Uh, if you're not going to a cemetery to actually mourn someone you've lost, so the yeah. sadness is not connected to that area, um, cemeteries are beautiful. Oh, yeah. Calming, lovely areas to be in. It was so quiet. It was a beautiful day. I mean, yeah. everything was well manicured. I mean, then you, you know, the buildings were beautiful, the lawns were beautiful, and then you, uh, and then you would, you know, and then you would turn around and you were like, because somebody would come in for a funeral and you're like, I, I should no, be here playing this. Yeah, no, it's true. I, where my father lives, there's this really old cemetery. And um, when I last visited him, actually, it was right after our West Virginia trip. 
Mm. Um, for bizarre states, uh, yeah, I would go daily and walk around this cemetery. Yeah, they're very relaxing, and well, I, I think even for people that have loved ones there, they can be peaceful. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and I and I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is and can be. You know, I just am trying to be sensitive to the fact yeah. that you know you don't often. You're not going there to play around. For sure. Or you shouldn't be. I, I did for a brief bit. But we didn't bother anybody. We stayed out of everybody's hair. For sure. Uh, Aristotle is t- typing in the chat here. Rose Bowl at night used to be filled with ghastly. Well, God damn it. Where were is that you a Pokemon? In 2016 when I was turning 38 for Pokemon that, Go. Yeah. Is ghastly a Pokemon? Okay. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of it. Uh, Forest Lawn Cemetery seems to be the place to be. I think I'm going to start once we're allowed to leave the house, going over there and just kind of seeing if I can yeah. find people. Because it's also, I mean, not, I mean, you can definitely, you know, it's kind, it's history. I mean, there's it is. I mean, <clears throat> some of the there's so many famous uh, people buried there. I mean. Jimmy Stewart, Humphrey Bogart, Mary Pickford, Spencer Tracy, George Burns, and Gracie, W.C. Fields, Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Sam Sam Cooke, Nat King Cole, yeah. So, I mean, I guess if they're feeling fine to play movies on the side of a oh, well, that's at the Hollywood, Hollywood Forever, oh yeah, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, I should be fine walking around looking at gravestones. I think it's probably understood that Forest Lawn is, for lack of a better term, a, a tourist attraction at this point, too. You think so? Well, they do have- I think a- so. It's kind of both. You know, it is. Um, do you want me to, for the like the, the 10 minutes or so we have left, do you want me to kind of give you my Waco? Oh, well, let's do listener stories instead of Waco. Let's save Waco, actually, for next week, because I will have watched like two documentaries by then, and I, I want to be able to like compare and contrast from the narrative- Okay. Series to what really happened. Our first listener story to the untold hour. Welcome. You ready for this? Yes. Hey, Jess, Bowser, and Aristotle. I am so glad you guys are back. I've been a listener since spooky shit. Now that you guys are taking listener stories about possible murder, I can share my story. I mean, I felt like Bizarre States was always down to take. Yeah, we talked about about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because the title of this, in the subject line, it says, we find a jaw at the beach. Whoa. Yeah, so we're, we're delving right into it. So once a year, my company does a volunteer event where we go to a beach to clean it up as an all-day thing. Employees can bring their families, and then at the end, there is a competition of the weirdest items found in raffles. My coworkers always joked, is this going to be the year that we're going to find a dead body? So we're at the beach, and about halfway through the day, we're called back for lunch when I heard a when I hear a commotion. Back at the lunch tables, police cars have arrived and a sheriff came out and begrudgingly asked, so who is the one that found the jawbone? Whoa. Turns out this was indeed the year that someone found not a dead body, but a human jawbone. And then it goes, what the fuck? I wasn't a part of the group, but three of my coworkers were brought inside for questioning while the rest of us got lunch and continued doing the raffles. Unfortunately, we weren't allowed to include the jawbone in the competition. 
Turns out it was the jawbone of a body found on the shore three years prior, but the identity of the person is still yet to be determined. We have yet to return to that beach for volunteer work since. I've attached a link to the article if you're interested in diving deeper. Thanks for all the poopy times and spooky vibes. Oh my God, that's a great tagline. Poopy uh, times and, and, and spooky vibes? Poopy times and spooky vibes. Yeah. That's a great one. And it, she sent me a link to this brooklynpaper.com jawbone discovered. So I will be posting that on our Facebook uh, group so that everybody wow. can see the show notes. But that's our first one. That's Should great. I go in for a second one? Yeah, I think you could do a second one. Can we do two? All right, let yeah. me see. What have we got here? Shadow creature, nice and straight. Perfect. Ready? All right, so glad to have you both back. Here's a quick story that happened to my best friend's family. My friend's property backed up against a small hill with several large stones covered in petroglyphs. Whoa, that's cool. I'm not sure if they tie into this at all, but felt they were worth mentioning. One night while everyone was upstairs sleeping, my friend's sister heard something moving around in her room. She looked around from her bed for from the little bit of light coming in from a street lamp and saw what looked like the shadow of her pug that stayed outside and was rarely, rarely allowed inside. She yelled at what she assumed was the dog and the shadow then stood up on its hind legs and proceeded to run out of the room. She heard it run down the staircase followed by the sound of the back door slamming shut. When she checked the back door, it was closed and locked from the inside. They never figured out what it was, and it never happened again. They did continue to experience other strange phenomenon, but I'll save those for future listener stories. Keep up the great work. Wow. Very cool. Animals know what's up. Animals do know what's up. Although it sounds like he, what he's saying is that, um, that, that wasn't the pug, that it was something animal-like. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Cool. All right. Well, then I'm going to post uh, this um, Jawbone article on our, uh, on our uh, Facebook group so that everybody can see it who's interested. Yeah. And then that is it. I think we are good to go. All right. Well, sick. You want to give everybody our socials? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds good. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, uh... In a second, when I find these. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Okay, so, um, oh, you know what? I did want to mention one more thing. And about the Doheny Mansion. Yeah. So, uh, weird shift back. I might have mentioned it before. I think I started to, and then I think we got sidetracked. So, is the Doheny Mansion Greystone Manor haunted? Apparently, supposedly it is. I keep hearing rumors. It's like kind of like a, an urban myth in the LA area that people that have worked there or have gone to events there because they do have it open to the public for yeah. events occasionally have experienced weird things. A lot of, uh, not a ton, but some of the original Doheny family stuff, like a chandelier and a couple other items, are still in the house. So, um, so you can, yeah. So people say it's haunted and that they've had experiences, but I had the hardest time finding any actual ghost stories or people's experiences online. So really? I suspect it's gotten squashed a little bit, uh, partly due to time, but partly also because, you know, it is a public park and people do use it for movies and do use it for other things. And so I'm sure that they do not want that rumor floating around. Yeah. Kind of like when we were trying to go over to um, the Shining Hotel and then we called and they were all like, no, nope, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. 
They're like, wait, what? That's like your whole shtick. Right. That isn't that like why you exist? Yeah. Yeah, literally. All right. So that is it. That's just, that's the last thing I wanted to mention about Greystone. I think it's really cool. Um, I love all this weird history stuff. Social sign us. Okay. So I want to add something here. Everybody, please rate us. Uh, We know we're um, on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Apple Pods. We're all over the place. But please, wherever you listen to our podcast, if they have a rating system, please rate us and leave a comment down below um, about how awesome you think we are. If you don't want to say anything nice, you don't have to. But please, it helps people find us. Uh, if you have your own listener stories, please send to them to the untoldhourpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at untoldhourpod or on Instagram, the untold hour, which also has an email link to us if you want to send our, us your listener stories through that way. For our Facebook page, go to the Untold Hour Facebook group and then um, put in a request to be a part of it. I will accept you. I check through them at least once a week, sometimes more, depending on how busy I am. And uh, and then we are good to go. Um, and then on Tuesdays, you guys can catch a special sneak peek of what that week's upcoming episode is going to be about all across our social platforms in a video format. Bowser and I are discussing doing video in the future. We just want to make sure that we can do it in a way where it looks nice because currently we're just doing it on Zoom due to uh, stay-at-home necessities. But but it's definitely a possibility. And so consider this just our experiment. Um, And I guess that's it. Till next time. Bye. I was going to do my outro. I'm going to have you do your outro. I was just like wrapping up my socials. All right. This has been No Wait. Take it back. You have been listening to Jessica Chobot and Andrew Bowser. No, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, got it. Ready? Rewind the track Uh back. I'm ready. This has been Jessica Chobot and Andrew Bowser, and you've been listening to The Untold Hour. Bye. Bye. A podcast network.